Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Oh, how good is God? You can be seated wherever you are, one of the campuses, or maybe you're standing at 12 Stone Homes. So glad you are here today. Listen, I hope you have come expectantly. God has something for us today. Maybe you could whisper to him right now, God, I want all that you have. Just whisper these things to him. Lord, I want to hear from your Holy Spirit. God, I want you to awaken things in me. God, I want you to help me navigate the battles that are before me. God, I want to know you better. Set your expectation to experience a move of God in him speaking to you today. Because that's part of his plan. Welcome to week three of three in this series of Ephesians. Where we have tapped into a thought that Chris Morgan is known for saying around here these days. And, and it's this thought that the gospel is a love story, but it's set in the backdrop of war. That's what Ephesians is telling us. That literally we're in a spiritual war. We talked about that. That you got to put on your spiritual armor. And then you have to, got to pick up your spiritual weapons. And then Paul goes almost into a, a workshop. He wraps the whole book of Ephesians with prayer, calling us to prayer. And in this, it's almost as if there's only one purpose, wrap the whole idea, the whole book, to help you go to your next level of prayer. So I just want you to know, today there is one purpose for you to go your next level in prayer. Now, I don't know where you are, but if you're at a zero, go to a one. If you're at a Three, go to a four. If you're seven, go to an eight. So let's look at where you might be in, in your prayer life. May kind of check off and say, this is where I might be. If you're a 12 stone home, just kind of in your mind, just silently check it off for one of the campuses. Would you say, I don't pray much at all? Is that sort of where you are? Or I pray, but I'm not sure it matters. Yeah, I keep praying, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make a difference. Or I don't pray consistently. Maybe it's I pray consistently but I wish I could go to the next level. See, wherever you are, it's God's intention today. And maybe if you don't pray and it seems kind of lame to you, I mean, prayer uh, seems lame. Just start praying. Take God at his invitation. Maybe, maybe you're not sure it matters. Maybe... Maybe this is the day and the time finally where you engage consistency. Maybe all along you've gotten stuck at a five, six, seven level in your prayer life and God's ready to take you to the next level. So he's going to make an invitation. He's going to make an ask of you. And today we're going to lean into this workshop idea that Paul has, has set before us because prayer, prayer changes what matters. It, 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 the things that matter to God, the things that matter to you, the things that matter in life. And, and, and Paul begins the whole book of Ephesians with prayer. Let's go back and remember where Paul started. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. This is in chapter one. Remembering you in my prayers. In my what, everybody? Prayers. I couldn't hear you. In my what? 
prayers. Yeah, I keep asking that God, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, the ultimate benefit of prayer. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, here's what Paul's doing. Paul's saying, you have real world battles and I'm praying for you. Because that matters. That's going to change things in the battles of life. So he's praying for us. Then in the middle of Ephesians, he prays again. He turns from theology to practical on prayer. He says, listen, may God do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And then he wraps the whole book with, now it's your turn. Look at this. Now it's your turn. And pray. Say it with me, everybody. And what? Pray. Listen, if you're at 12 Stone Home, you're listening online, you're at one of the campuses. When I say, well, fill in the blank, y'all, fill in the blank, a little bit of passion. This is workshopping it today. So let me go back to the top. And what, everybody? Pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. You see it? Pray, prayers, praying, pray, prayers, praying. I mean, Paul is saying, you, there is a wake up in your life when you finally figure out the power of prayer. So I want to give you his main point. Let's just summarize it here. You can jot this down. You can put this in your phone. However you take notes, memorize this, get this in your head and get it in your heart. Here it is. Prayer is powerless until you what, everybody? Pray. Prayer is powerless until you pray. But when you pray, prayer is a powerful weapon because God moves when you pray. That's where we're going today. Let's talk about it. Prayer is powerless until you pray. Listen, if it's not talking about prayer that makes it powerful. It's not studying. It's not, oh, I got more knowledge. It's, 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 it, it's not good intentions. It's not singing about prayer. It's when you actually pray. Because the spiritual world and the physical world are far more integrated. Listen, they're far more integrated than we understand. See, one of the kindnesses of God that he not only gives us something like Ephesians where Paul speaks to us, where Paul unpacks and calls us to pray. God gives us the backdrop of something like Exodus chapter 17. Without a doubt, my favorite teaching into my soul about prayer. This was so formative to me. So let me highlight the story. Nation of Israel. They've been in bondage to Egypt for over 400 years. God sends Moses. He frees them. He opens the Red Sea so they can walk through. They're headed into the, into the desert, but on their way to the promised land. And the Amalekites attack them. So now they're at war. Now they're in a nettle, another battle. Now it's a physical battle. And they got to go whim. The Amalekites were, were nomads. They were ruthless. They would just wipe out nations and, 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 and take their animals and their goods and, their, and, and just kind of absorb their possessions and move on. And so Moses sent Joshua and said, Joshua, you go lead the battle. You draw your sword. You take the army. You go fight. I'm going to get up on a hill over here and I'm going to pray. That's what Exodus 17 tells us. That Moses got up on the mountain. I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. 
So now Moses is going to be up there praying. Now here's where the whole story turns. Look at the next scripture. As long as Moses held up his hands, so Moses is this, hands up prayer. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. That's got to blow his, wouldn't that blow your mind? I'm telling you, you're what, the answer is yes, by the way. Wouldn't that blow your mind? You're Moses. You're watching Joshua. You're like, we're winning. This is awesome. Hands up. Oh, God, this is amazing. Look what you're doing. We're losing. We're losing. God, what are you doing? Hands back up. Hey, we're winning. We're winning. We're losing. Do it with me. I'm going to make all of you do it with me. Here are all the campuses. I don't care if you feel stupid. Sometimes I feel stupid. You all do this. You do that. It's a 12-stone home. You ready? Hands up. We're praying. Hands down. We're prayerless. Hands up. We're winning. Hands down. We're losing. You got it? Hands up. We're praying for our marriage. God's doing an amazing thing. Hands down. How come my marriage isn't doing what I thought it was? Hands up. We're praying over our kids. It's awesome. Oh, we get tired of it. Hands down. Now we're losing. Hands up. Oh, God, you're helping my career. This is awesome. We're doing great. Pretty soon you're not praying anymore. Hey, how come I'm losing? Everybody got it? That's it. Workshop this thing. Power of God unleashed. We get lazy. The battle shifts. Look at, look at what the next Exodus 17 scripture tells us. When Moses' hands grew tired, because you do get tired of this stuff. When his hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. He sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. They helped each other keep their hands up in prayer. Because prayer shaped the battle. Listen, we keep thinking all the battles in the physical, material world. But the battle turned on hands up prayer. That's what Paul is trying to help us understand. Listen, no wonder Paul is saying, we got a workshop prayer today. Listen, you got to change your calendar, change your schedule, change your priorities. You got to change your prompts. You got to change your habits. You got to shift your life around prayer because the battle tips with hands up prayer. This has to change in your life. The knowledge Moses had over prayer, the knowledge of prayer that Moses had was irrelevant when his hands were down. Didn't change anything. I don't care how much you know about prayer. If your hands are down, it doesn't even matter. Prayer is powerless until you pray. That's the point. Yes, you're going to have to go to work. Yes, you're going to have to go to school. Yes, you're going to have to work on your marriage. Yes, you're going to have to navigate your budget. Yes, you're going to have to stay fit. Yes, yes, yes. You got all this kind of battlefield stuff to do. But in the midst of all that, you got to pray. God has used this as a trigger in my life. You hear me talk about it all the time. And listen, this, this was decades ago that I learned it. And you say, what have you learned since? To keep doing it. To what? Keep doing it. Haven't you learned something more? Yes, the power of prayer. Hands up. That's what I've learned. Well, give me something new. You don't need something new. You just need to keep renewing what you know. Keep your hands up in prayer because that's the battle. It turns on the power of God. Prayer is not powerful until you actually pray. 
And this hands up stuff, this is in scripture. This is just like, oh, this is what a thought. This is one place. Look at this. I'm just going to read through several scriptures. I want you to see it. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 63. Just look at these. I'm going to read through them. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. First Kings, then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven and what? Pray. Look at first Timothy, Paul writing again. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all God's people. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands, lifting up holy hands without anger and disputing. Until finally, Paul says, you know what? I want you to pray for me too. Like, like pray, church. Be alert and always keep on what? Pray. I mean, just workshop this thing into your life. Change your calendar. Change your schedule. You got to keep praying for all the Lord's people. Just praying for yourself. You should. And then pray for one another because we're in battles. Oh, and pray for me, Paul says. Pray for me because, listen, I've been Moses for you. You be Moses for me. Isn't that good? Maybe Joshua didn't win the battle on his own. We don't win these battles on our own. We, we be Moses for one another. So hands up prayer. All right, you got the first part. Let's go to the second part. So remember this little thought where we are. Prayer is powerless until you pray. Everybody got that? Now, when you pray, prayer is a powerful weapon because God moves when you pray. Oh, my. Oh. Just, you got to sit in that for a minute. Joshua was doing everything he knew to do, and it was not enough to win the battle. The Amalekites had no idea why they lost. And Moses figured it out on the mountain. I know we're all working hard. But do you know the difference it makes when God moves on your behalf? Come on now. That makes all the difference in the world. Are you kidding me? We, you pray because God moves when you pray. This is such good news. If you knew it, you ought to be celebrating. If you didn't know it, you ought to be giddy. Oh, my goodness. I'm not alone in the battle. I don't go build a marriage on my own, raise a family on my own, solve career stuff on my own. I don't go make this all. I don't go solve all the value issues in our country. We pray through those things. I, I don't solve all the economic pressures. I, the, I got God. The church doesn't go do its work on its own. I don't become a witness on my own. Oh, this is God. Yeah, pray for me that I may Fearlessly, fearlessly, fearlessly witness for Christ. And when you pray, God moves, Paul says, and you're like Moses for me. You pray and I have power on the battlefield. Because when you pray, God moves. So again, this is more workshop Sunday. I want to give you four things help encourage you in this little workshop of prayer. Here's the first one. Hands up consistency. Oh, we're going to work on hands up consistency. 
it, you know, one of the reasons, it's, it's overlooked, but one of the reasons consistent prayer changes your life consistently is because you have to consistently change your priorities to pray. Did you get all that? Because that was a mouthful. It took a while to get that right. If you would consistently pray, in order to do that, you would have to consistently change your priorities. Keep listening. You would have to keep making God first, and it would change your focus. Come on. See, see one of the reasons it changes you is because the moment you get into prayer, you have to shift from what you're doing to put God as the first, the priority. The, 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 the attention goes to him. And you pull the attention off from everything else and you put your attention on God. That you're already changing because you chose to pray. You know that's good. I got Chris over here. He's amening. You go, Pastor. I got, I got my prayer partner out here, Dave Birchill. Dave, you texted me this morning, and Dave Birchill sent me just a little prompt, a little pinch from the Holy Spirit. That whole seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A little quote from E.M. Bounds, that when you put prayer first, God becomes first, and then you win in your battles. Listen, church, the moment you choose to pray, in order to do that consistently, you have to consistently change what's first in your life, and it changes your focus. And when you do, you're now engaged with God, and then all the other material battle things you're working on, God is free to fight and move on your behalf. Come on, church, let's go get this. This is what God has invited us to. Don't make this more complicated than it is. So listen, we've come to the end of 21 days of prayer. Yay, this has been awesome. Thousands, tens of thousands of people praying over the 21 days. Great. All done today. Now what? Now go be consistent. Well, you guys going to keep doing that for me every day? No. No, don't need to. Now it's your turn. This is not the teaching I had planned all the way up to Tuesday this past week. What I'm teaching today was written all Wednesday when the Lord interrupted and said, don't teach them more. You've taught them enough for 21 days. Teach them how to be self-led and self-fed, not dependent on the church for their prayer life, but engaging God. That's where you got the invitation. Now own it yourself. Go own this. For the next 150 days, listen, church, for the next 150 days, we're going to do psalms and prayer for the next 150 days. You're like, I can't do 150 days. Don't worry about it. You only have to do one day at a time. That's it. It's not too difficult. There are 150 chapters in the book of Psalm. Tomorrow is February 1st. February 1st, Psalm 1. February 2nd, Psalm 2. And it doesn't matter how much of that psalm you read. You might do 10 minutes. You might do 30 minutes. Doesn't matter. A section of the psalms. When you do, we have two questions for you. Answer these two questions in response. Heavenly Father, what does this teach me about you? You read through a section of it. Lord, what does this teach me about your character, your attributes, your ways? Second question, Holy Spirit, what will you encourage me to do? Okay, I've just read that. Here's what I learned about you. Now, Holy Spirit, what would you encourage me to do? Uh, out of what I just read, instruct me in my faith, my values, my character, my relationship, my work with you. God, what do you want me to do? Here's what I know about you. Now, here's what you want me to do. And then a prayer. Lord Jesus, here's what I pray today in your name. Now, you're trying to write that stuff down. You're saying, I don't know if I can keep up with this. You can't. You don't have to. We put it all on a little website that we're going to send you. 
You just join by texting Psalms to 37748. You can do it right now. Like, you can do it right here in the room. You can do it in any of the camps. You can just get your phone out. Yeah, you had your phone out. You had a game. Now flip from the game. And now just get over. And then just text to 37748. And, 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 and listen, it's Psalms. It's not Psalms. Which I thought it was when I was a kid. It's, it's Psalms. P-S-A-L-M-S. The Psalms. And listen, when you text this, we're going to send you the website. And we're going to walk you through this. Look, I don't care when you're getting this. You might be several days into February. You might be later in the week. You might not be getting this uh, right before. It doesn't matter. Do not. Listen, this is not a checklist. This is an engagement with the living God. This is a relationship with the living God. This is that you might know him better and that God would move on your behalf and move in your life. So this isn't like I got to get all one. It's not the point. Make a decision. I'm, I'm going to get five of the seven every, every week. I'm going to do four or seven. I'm going to do six or seven, seven, seven. I don't care. Set before the Lord, but don't pass this up. This is for everybody. I don't care what age. You're retired. Go do this. You're married. You're single. This is for you. You're a busy mom. Great. You're busy at work. Great. You're an executive. Great. You're starting a company. Great. This is for you. We all need this. Go get consistency with God and pray. Prayer is not powerful because you talk about prayer. Prayer is powerful when you pray. This is, you're in high school? Get your phone out. I know you got phones. I know what you're doing as I talk. You're taking notes. That's what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And you text 3774. You say, well, I'm going to do this. I started doing this stuff when I was in early high school. I was learning about hands up prayer. Every major battle in my life that's been won, it's been tipped by the power of God in prayer. Do not listen. Do not pass this by. Right now, God's making an ask of you. It's an invitation. Do not pass this by. This is how we end up being spiritually empty. God's offering a daily fueling, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, a moving on your behalf. Don't pass this up. By the way, out of curiosity, how many of you let your gas tank get unexplainably stupidly low? You just keep driving, and it just keeps getting low. Do it again. I want to see the hands. You, you do it in Charleston at home, all the other kids. Look at all of us. Why? We pass gas stations all the time. Like they're, well, like they, every two minutes, four minutes, six minutes, eight. And okay, I'll admit, I said this because my hand's up. The other day, my bad, this is what made me think of it. it. Does yours do percentage? Like my vehicle tells you percentage. I'm down to 3%, and I said, I'm good. I don't know why I keep passing gas stations because I don't have time. I don't have time for this. It's like I don't, I don't have time to pray. It's right there. Take the exit. I jumped in the car. I was at the church house. I jumped in the car. I turned on the car. It said zero percentage. I said, what am I doing? But it said 17 miles. I'm like, well, I'm good. <laughs> How many of you have ever run out of gas? How many of you have ever run? Why? This is not necessary. You can fuel. You can get filled up. Several years ago, a friend and I were traveling. We had to go to Jacksonville, Florida, and back in a day to pick up a, a used car that I wanted. This is many years ago. And, and so we got a friend to, to, to loan us a, a car carrier puller. And, and we're like, well, okay, we got right down, right back. We don't have time to waste. But we were taking turns driving. His turn to drive. And so my friend's driving. I'm like, man, it seems like we've been driving a while. How's the gas? 
fuel. He said, you look, we're fine. Okay, man, it doesn't feel like we're fine. It feels like we've been doing this a lot. And about 10 minutes later, I'm like, are you sure? Are we okay? He said, yeah, yeah, no, we're fine. About 10 minutes later, chug, 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 off the side of the road. I'm like, dude, seriously? He says, what's wrong with your car? You, you, you're what's wrong with my car. Where, do we have any gas? Oh, we don't. We're empty. I asked. Oh, I was looking at the wrong gauge. Can I tell you something? We didn't save time. We had to walk to an exit, find a gas station, buy a gallon container, get the gas, walk back. Do you know how far it is to walk? I mean, cars are doing it fast and then take it back and fill. Listen, it took us 10 times long. Can I tell you something? We are passing prayer fueling stations all day long, running on empty and wondering what's wrong. It's just us. There is a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit if we would just consistently pray. Come on, that's an amen. All right, let's move on. Number two, hands up, lift holy hands. First Timothy 2.8 said, lifting holy hands. What kind of hands? Let me clarify. Holy hands, clean hands. This is not COVID hands. I just used my sanitizer. I'm good. Just before I raise my hands in prayer, it, it's, 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 it's a physical expression of a spiritual reality. Here's the assumption that when you lift your hands in prayer before the Lord, that you've been in the pursuit of God to be holy as he is holy so that nothing is hindering your prayers. To, to know that when you come before the Lord, your intention is to no, none of us are sinless. But we are striving to be holy as he's holy. We're owning it as we need to. We're praying for a spiritual fitness everywhere in our lives. Now, be holy. Be in the pursuit of that. So I got to help you see this. Okay, go with me. Jason, get up. I need your help. Everybody say, hey, Jason. Jason, I asked you to do something for me today. So jump on the treadmill and just go with me. Okay, he's like, what are we really doing? I said, we're doing what I want to do. This is so much fun. So on many occasions, I have called you at home, mm-hmm. and you've been on the treadmill. It's not annoying at all. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's incre- <laughs> you mean it's not annoying to me or not annoying to you? To yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. And, you're, and you're always panting heavy, and you're telling me that you're on the treadmill, <laughs> and I'm almost believing you. It's probably when I call, he gets very excited. So, so here we are. We're having, so, so how many miles do you usually run? Two to three. It used to be five. I got, I got some knee issues as I'm getting older. At your age. Yeah. Wow. Whining already. I'm a and, used car. And why, why, do you, why, do you, why do you do the treadmill? Why do, you, why do you run? To stay reasonably fit. Right. To stay what, everybody? Reasonably fit. To stay fit. Now, we're just going to make a physical analogy to spiritual truth. So here you are on the treadmill. You're working hard. But that's not all there is to staying fit. There's this thing over here, which I'm just going to uncover. There's did you this, call my wife? There's a, I did. <laughs> That's legit. Listen, we called Amber, and we said what would tempt him. Now, listen, we know, we know that this stuff right here, you can see this, everybody, this right here, does this tempt anybody? If it does, I don't even understand you. Okay? <laughs> a few of you have your hands up. I don't know what's wrong with you. Because this stuff will be in hell. Well, that, I can't say it. That's, it. That's in my note. This, none did. of this will be in heaven. Okay? But it's required here. I can put this right here. Does that tempt you? I don't even know. Does that tempt you? Not even a little bit. Doesn't tempt me either. 
The most godly of people said they were tempted. Who cares? Let's move. But you know what? That'll help you stay fit. If you're if you're on the treadmill to stay fit, that's going to do it. However, um, we called Amber. I can tell you exactly what those desserts are. Yeah, what are they? <laughs> that's from Cheesecake Factory. That's a red velvet cheesecake. Yes, the Godiva chocolate. Yes, cheesecake. <laughs> and here's what's good: when you take one bite of one and then go to the next one and you go back and forth. The flavor is just unbelievable. You had no idea what we were getting. <laughs> he did not know what we were doing. See, watch this, everybody. Watch this. You ready? Here's what we do. When we go to prayer, we tell, we, we tell everybody about our treadmill work. Oh, I'm spiritually on the treadmill all the time, doing miles. When we pray, we tell God about our veggies. God, I ate my veggies. Here's all my good works. And you know what God's pointing to? The Godiva. He's like, okay, I got that. But what about this? Because this is where you're cheating. Where you're what? Cheating. And this is part of your battle. And you can't keep praying to be fit and pretending the only thing you're eating is the veggies when in fact, when nobody's looking, you're eating this. Now listen, when you pray, God's going to point this out. My brother, I love you. This is yours. Have a seat. I need this to Enjoy. be far from me right Just, now. And, and by, how many of you got friends like me who, instead of helping you get fit, will give you Godiva cheesecake? Don't you love those friends? Oh, those are wonderful, worthless friends. <laughs> Let me talk to you for a minute. When you pray for the power of God to move in your battles, God's going to address your cheating. Because that's one of your major battles. And if you want God to answer your prayer, he's going to change you. Marsha and I were sitting in a restaurant this last Thursday on my day off and had a, a just surprising conversation, someone we'd never met before. Serendipitous. He, the guy was a mountain of a man. I, I'm a one-story building. He was a 10-story building. I'm like, he looks like an NFL frontliner. Come to find out he played football in high school and college. He's a blue chip college football player. In the course of the conversation, he said something. I, I'm not even sure why he bothered to say it. But he got into his conversation. He said, you know what? I never finished college, though. He said, let me tell you why. He said, when I was in high school, I was all about the athletics, not the academics. And they kept covering me. And I was cheating the academics and all about football. When I got into college and the professor started talking, I realized I had no idea what they were talking about. And it dawned on me, I'm not going to make it through college. He said, I didn't cheat for football. I cheated myself. He doesn't even know it. I wrote that down. He, listen, he didn't say it in bitterness. He said it soberly. He said, so many people are cheating themselves in life, and they think they're getting away with something. God's not going after you. He's transforming you. And when you pray, listen, you might be a single person saying, oh, dear God, bring me that, that person, that man, that woman that I've been begging you for. Give me a godly man or woman in godly marriage. And then while you're praying, you're dating and having sex together like you're married. Now, how's God going to answer that prayer? 
where you can't say, oh, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm on the treadmill and look at my veggies. And then God says, yeah, but what about the desserts? You're undoing the very prayer you're asking. You're in a marriage. Your marriage is miserable and that's undoing. You say, and you say, dear God, do a great work in my marriage. But, but, but you know what God's going to do? He's going to point out your selfishness. Why? Because that's your battle. And listen, you're either going to keep praying and clean up or you're going to quit praying. A whole bunch of us are not praying because we don't want God talking about our cheesecake. Your finances. Oh, dear God, help me in my finances. But you're not honoring your budget. You're running your credit card consumer indulgence for no real meaningful investment. You're not honoring God with first fruits. Oh, over COVID, I got casual with that. And God's going to address that. Why? Because he has a better life for you. He wants to transform you. See, he says lift up holy hands. It's not just consistency. It's transformation that he's doing. So where are you asking God for good things, but cheating yourself out of them? Ooh. Ooh. Got to move on. This is going too long. Number three, hands up all day. I don't have time for this, but I'll just say this one quickly. Hands up all day. Here's, here's what I mean by hands up all day, right? All throughout the day, you can pray hands up, and I do. Like, I've, I've just learned over the years. It's a trigger for me. You may not literally have to put your hands up. I do. I do it all the time. I do it in the car. Nobody. Okay. Jaden comes. He's my 17-year-old. He's in high school last year. Thank you, Jesus. Going to be empty nesters someday. Hallelujah. Okay, that was a hands up moment. Okay, so, so, so Jaden is, every day before he goes to school, I pray over him. It's just a hands up moment. It takes 60 seconds. It matters. Dear God, cover my son over this day. What tests are you going through, son? You know, like, well, okay, pray over his tests. I pray over his, I pray over his safe travel. Pray over his friends. Pray over his character. Amen. That day, I have a decision to make. I'm in the car. I'm, dear God, please help me. 30 seconds. I have a meeting about to enter into. Probably have some tension in it. I pray over the person. I, pray, I do a Moses over them for myself. I got a decision to make. Pray for wisdom. I have a flash of fear. Dear God, help me. I don't want to have a bit of panic. This is over my head. All throughout the day, we end our day. I pray over Marcia. She prays over me. We just do this all day. Hands up prayer for God to move. And hands up for relationships. They just see this. They, that, 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 that this impacts marriage relationship. By the way, you, we've been talking about this because Valentine's Day, we start the series of the second happy. We just got the book Mailed our author book. Marsha and I wrote the marriage book, The Second Happy. You've been hearing about it, but we just got this mailed to the house. We got 20 copies. We're so excited. This is awesome. This is great fun. You're ordering it online. Cool, fun, awesome. And, and, but in this, there's a chapter on hands-up prayer. And since I'm only going to be able to do like four out of the seven practices that will make your marriage better in your honeymoon, I wanted to highlight today. And my friend Chris Morgan we asked him to write about a slice of his story and the impact of prayer. And Chris, this is your book, my brother. God bless you. Thank you. And you wrote a section in there. And I, it's your story. Would you read it for us? I asked him to just make a moment to read it for us. So my friend, it's story time. It's you. Yeah, okay. Right on. So first of all, this is pretty cool. I get to be the first to read from your book. It's an honor. So just to invite... 12 stone in the whole world around to hear your know, story time for one of my failures in life. Thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> the nature of marriage is that it humbles you. 
It draws out conflicts between two people who love each other but can drive each other crazy. My wife Mary and I, Marianne and I seem to be doing seem to be doing as well as anyone, but somewhere around 20 years into our marriage, the wheels started flying off. Nobody wants to be in a miserable marriage, including me. So I was reading books about marriage to try to figure out how to fix things. But what was more important was that the misery I was experiencing became a diving board into conversations with God. For about a year to 18 months, I found myself in a long journey of prayer. Honestly, I'm not sure I would, ever, I would have ever entered into that kind of intensive prayer without the kind of breakdown that Marianne and I were experiencing. But curiously, God began to reveal to me things I'd been doing for a long time that were causing the breakdown in my marriage. God had the wisdom I needed, and only the desperation I felt in my marriage prompted me to seek the answers only God could provide through prayer. In that context, God used a conversation with a friend to reveal to me that I was more truth-based than love-based in my marriage. And as a better arguer, I would prove my view is true in arguments. But while I was winning arguments in my mind, I was losing Marianne's heart in my marriage. I'd pushed her into a no-win corner, and she was just reacting to it. While God was revealing these things to me on long walks of prayer, he was also repairing me through prayer. He revealed that I was sabotaging the very relationship I was begging him to fix. It was arresting. My misery in marriage drove me to prayer, but prayer changed me. And as I changed, God changed our marriage. At the end of that two-year period, I looked up and realized we had, a better, we had a better marriage. God had used prayer as a powerful tool to refine me from the inside out. And so ever since, prayer has been how I love my wife. It's, it's part of how I remain surrendered to God, attentive to my marriage. I haven't ceased being a philosophical kind of person, a bit toward telling prophetic type truth. But now I'm aware of what's wrong when I fall into old habits and prayer corrects negative drift in my marriage. Come on, give God thanks. Only God can do that, Chris. Chris, when people see you pray, like in 21 days of prayer, and they, they watch you come alongside in partnership, and they see this fire. Folks, this, this isn't a manufactured fire. This is the power of God because God transformed himself, his marriage, his family. God has something for us today. I want everyone to stand with me across the campuses. I want the band to, to get set up here. I want to put that statement right back on the front here. I want you to see this statement. And remember, prayer is powerless until you pray. But when you pray, prayer is a powerful weapon because God moves when you pray. God moves when you pray. Not when you talk about prayer, study prayer, sing about prayer, but when you actually pray. Church, over the next 150 days, we're going to engage psalms and prayer. You'll go at your own time, your own pace. I'm going to encourage you to not only text psalms to 37748, maybe in this closing moment as the band sings and as we pray over you, 
maybe, maybe you're going to get a partner, two or three of you, and you'll get in a text thread. And otherwise, you know that if you're not texting each other every day, okay, I just finished mine, you know you won't follow through. We're going to make several suggestions on this website. So, so you sign on, maybe in this closing moment of worship before the Lord, because this is how I fight my battles in hands-up prayer. Maybe just in that alone, God will say, come on now, sign on. Maybe you say, I'm not going to do the Psalms. That's fine. Do your own scripture. But you sign on anyway. You jump in on this. Let's go do this together. Let's have a, a, a reshaping of a movement of prayer. And in these closing moments, I'm going to ask Jason and Chris Morgan to take kind of a Moses rule over you. We'll have the band sing. If you're at 12 Stone Home, you can even stand there. You do what you like. If the camp says you can stand. About to engage in worship, but we're going to go into prayer. Jason, you can pray over us regarding the things that we tend to cheat. Simo, you can pray over us on things in our relationship. And maybe while we pray, your hands would go up and say, oh, that's where I need God to help me. So let's attend to him. Even song is an act of worship and prayer. Band, would you lead us? This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, yeah this is how I fight my battles. See, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. We lean into your word, and this is how I fight my battles. We believe in your promises, and this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, hands up all over the room. Come on. Say, this is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight, yes. Say, this is how I fight my battles. Say, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
And maybe as we pray, and Jason, would you just lead off and then Simo, you can follow. And maybe, maybe as Jason prayers over, prays over battles that are, are more places where you personally battle, maybe you just put your hands up and say, that's me. You be, you be Moses for them, would you, Jason? And then, Chris, without intro, you can just begin to pray over relationships and whatever God prompts. And, and church, we want to pray over you. You receive these prayers. You pray for yourself. You say, oh, God, move. Pray for us, Jason. So, Heavenly Father, Thank you that you're not distant and disinterested. That God, when we feel like we're surrounded, that you are surrounding us, Father. The one who is is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. So Holy Spirit, I pray for those, as cheesy as it is, it's true, for those of us that are on the treadmill of prayer while we're eating the cheesecake, God. If we're honest, they're private places that we're indulging things that are blocking our relationship with you, that are distancing ourselves from you. God, in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you help us identify those places? Would you give us the, the humility to surrender them? And would you empower us, Father, to set it down? God, anything that we're doing that doesn't drive us closer to you, God, would you, would you arrest those things in us? Would you set us free, Holy Spirit? Maybe there's addictions that it started out as a little indulgence and now it's an addiction, but God, would you set us free from those things? For anyone right now that wants that, God, would you set me free from these indulgences and addictions? Just whisper it to him, God, set me free. I want to be done. And Holy Spirit, would you do it? In your name. So Holy Spirit, every place where there's holy resolve being put before you, would you now fall? Would you now come? And God, awaken our hearts to how powerful but practical prayer is, God. We are confused by so many things, God. We're stuck. Uh, Many relationships, God, are stuck. They're mired in complexity, and they feel miserable, God. But it's just a matter of seeing things from your perspective, God. It's just a matter of, of, of getting some wisdom from heaven so we can make the adjustments we need so that we can enter into life and life to the full, marriage and marriage to the full, relationships and relationships to the full. God, you didn't create us for misery. You created us for goodness, for you're the good God and you're powerful. And so God, right now, as we are in a holy moment across every campus, across everybody tuning in. Oh Lord, we give ourselves to you and Holy Spirit, would you come and begin to whisper wisdom and deliver people, deliver relationships. And God, all for your glory, all that so God in this earth, we would be a a glorious representation of who you are, God. Life surrendered, but, but glowing with the culture of heaven and the goodness of who you are. God, would you do it among us, God? We need more than business as usual. God, fall upon us in this day and on this day. And right now, we ask you, Lord. So to that end, stand for a moment in the gap with Chris and Jason and say, as Moses did on the mountain, would you give victory to the battles that men and women are in the midst of right now. Oh, gracious God, offer your battle to him. Tell him what it is. This is my battle. 
God, would you help me like you helped Joshua? Would you give me favor that only you can? Would you give me power? Would you give me sustaining grace? Would you help me endure? Would you help me see what I don't see? I'll give you praise when things are working. I'll live dependent because you're the only source. I'll look to you, God, for wisdom. Oh, gracious God, would you give me victory and, and would you move on my behalf? Here's my battle, oh God. And then, Lord, for all who are willing, I pray you all would. Church, I know this is... I know we're not like a sign-up kind of people, but today we are. Would you tell the Lord, Lord, for the next 150 days, if you're willing, Lord, for the next 150 days, I'm going to get in the Psalms and prayer. Tell them if you're willing to do it. God, I'm going to bring consistency into my life. I'm going to get on the hill. I'm going to stop being casual. I'm going, to, I'm going to start my prayer life. If you're at a zero and you don't even know Jesus, you can start saying, could this be real? Talk to him. If you know Jesus, begin to pray. If you've never been in God's word, begin to read it each day. Text in Psalms to 37748. Why? Because we're going to encourage you. We'll send stuff back. This is going to be a mighty season. God, may you do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think for your honor and your glory. And everyone agreed in his name saying, amen. How good is God? Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.